Well, you know, Jerry, Jerry was... I know I met a couple of you. Uh, by the way, we're talking about weights here, and it reminded me of a verse here, which is probably good for us to meditate on. God alone, for God alone, my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God, my rest, my deliverance, and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Now this, those of low estate are but a breath. A breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. <laughs> In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. That's a lot of brain power to say. That's a good reason for us to go to God in prayer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So someone open our study with a prayer and give thanks for God's taking care of us. Mike, would you do that? And we follow and thank you for this day, Lord. We just uh, ask you to uh, uh, help us uh, understand the lesson and uh, just apply it to our lives. Thank you for the blessings you give us. And uh, um, we ask you to bless this food. And we just love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, uh, we're doing this study on hope. I've got an extra copy here. Is that on hope? Uh, I'm next one. Oh, uh, this is the one. If you're trying to if you look, go through your Bibles, there's a lot of verses, and so you're going to be jumping around a lot because it's 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 a, it's a topical study we have here. The uh, I think we were talking about. This down on the page one here, at the bottom of the page, hope is fundamental to the biblical revelation. Uh, begins with a call to Abraham, of course. Uh, you know, go to a country I will show you, and I'll make a great nation of you. Well, Abraham goes out hoping, you know, hoping for, to become a great nation, right? God said, that's what I'm going to make of you. I'm going to make you a blessing. So he, right at the very beginning, Israel's uh, birth is based upon a promise of God which generates hope. Uh, and, um, uh, and so, but even after they entered the promised land, and after they became a, a powerful nation under David and Solomon, there was sin, of course, and then the Assyrians invaded, and the northern kingdom was taken into captivity, and then later on the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple and took them away captive. So, you know, 
where they're, what they were hoping for was not yet realized. There was still something more. Uh, and Jeremiah, if you will look down these passages here, I've got two, two verses from Jeremiah, one from Jeremiah 29, 11, the other Jeremiah 31, 17, which, uh, and he's writing there in the time of the Babylonian captivity. Uh, these are verses that are very popular with people. You see them quoted a lot. Uh, somebody read those. You have those, Sam? Uh, 29, 11, and 31, 17. 21, 11. I don't have them. I got 29. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> 29, 11 is for, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Plans to give you hope in the future are one thing that says to give you a future with hope. So, you know, and uh, Jeremiah 31, 17 says, there is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children shall come back to their own country. There is hope for you. You may, uh, the, um, one of the Psalms talks about the people in captivity. They sit down there by the rivers in Babylon and their captive says, well, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But, uh, you know, the, it's a very sad kind of song. He says, how can we sing? How can we be happy? away from the land that God promised us. But Jeremiah says there is hope. But then even after they returned from captivity and there was a new temple, at the time Jesus was born, we read in Luke 2.25 that a faithful Jew, an old man named Simeon, was still looking, quote, looking for the consolation of Israel. They were still under Rome's heel. They were still hoping for God's promise to come to fulfillment. Uh, and I've also uh, I ran across something from, uh, it's in one of the uh, so-called apocryphal books, which is in the Catholic Bible, Second Ezra, which was probably written towards the close of the first century. It, uh, we don't think it had anything to really probably wasn't written before that, but uh, even before Jesus, but probably afterwards. Now this this is a Jewish book, uh, and and it laments it would have been better if the earth had not produced Adam or else when it had produced him had restrained him from sinning. How often have people said that? Would it have been better if instead of making Adam out of the dust of the earth, uh, when it had, it had been better just not to make him because he sinned, but when he made him, it, if he would have restrained him from sinning. For what good is it to all that live in sorrow now, all of us children of Adam who live in sorrow now and expect punishment after death? death as a result of sin. Oh, Adam, what have you done? For though it was you who sinned, the fall was not yours alone, but ours also who are your descendants. In other words, Adam, when you sinned and fell, we were all, right. as your descendants, um, uh, have, have fallen too. 
Sometimes I picture heaven as a bunch of seminars, and the busiest one is Adam and Eve. People light up. He says, what good is it to us if an immortal time has been promised to us? What good is it if an immortal time has been promised, but we have done deeds that bring death? You give us this promise of an immortal time, immortality, and a beautiful future, but we, if we sin and brings us death, your, your promise isn't much good, is it? Um, and what good is it that an everlasting hope has been promised to us, but we've been we've miserably failed? What good is God's promise to give us hope if we fail? All that safe and healthful habitations have been reserved for us, but we have lived wickedly. Or that the glory of the Most High will defend those who have led a pure life, but we have walked in the most wicked ways. Or are that a paradise shall be revealed, whose fruit remains unspoiled, and in which are abundance and healing. That's the hope, the paradise that will be revealed, whose fruit is unspoiled, and in which are healing, abundance and healing. But shall we enter it? There is this, this uh, kind of debate going on, you know, but there's still that the promises out there and the hope, but in our sin, you know, we are uh, destined to die and to be punished. So Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel in the first century. But, uh, but in the New Testament, of course, the first uh, th thing we have happening in the New Testament is John the Baptist coming, right? And what's he proclaiming? The, <clears throat> the good news of God. The right. time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come here. Messiah coming. In other words, he, he's talking about fulfillment of promises now. So th their hope, of course, the kingdom of God is near. If anything, this just stimulates hope, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow, it's almost here. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Um, how, how do you see the difference between um, personal hope and like corporate hope? Um, because when, when Jeremiah is talking to the people that, he has, that the Lord has a plan for them and stuff, the people he was talking to never saw that happen. Right. Because in verse 10 he says, you're going to be here for 70 years. Yeah. Okay. And then God is going to you know, rescue Israel and bring them back home and do all those things. So there, there are promises that are meant for individuals and there are promises that are meant for the nation or, or the corporate. Like there are promises for the church today and there are promises for individuals, but they're separate. They're not, they're not this, always the same. Where do you want to set it on that? Well, I have a house on it. 
That's me. That's not mine. Just like banana is for can Bill. You, I didn't have sliced tomato. Can you give me I an example of a promise that I'm going to think is just for the church? Okay, I have a house omelet. Doesn't anybody else get a house omelet with Tony Anybody else get a house omelet? Yeah, sure. There is a disappointment that you're drawing. Corned beef had. After Christ. Corned beef had. Corned beef had. Oh, lovely. Well, before the Jeremiah. Well, was, that, was, that a, was that a promise for? That was prom a promise well, for Israel, not promise for the people that he was speaking to. Okay. So what was that? Because <laughs> they were never coming out well, of Babylon. Well, it was a promise for the people, right, including uh, the uh, most of them. Yeah, did not come back from cap captivity. Yeah, seventy years. And many of them would die there, right? Most, yeah, most of them. Well, but, 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 but they still. But you're making a distinction between what kind of promise did he give to an individual? It was an individual Jew who said, "You will come back." No, no, no. My, my point is, my point is that many people take Jeremiah twenty nine eleven to be to be oh, applying to them individual that I God's plan for them to prosper them, you know, and so on. Well, uh, the question would be: Is that a is that a proper interpretation or application of that scripture? Yes, thank you. Well, uh, and it, really and it's not because it wasn't that. Well, if, if you read the now you context, say, you say clearly it's not. A lot of people there. are using that scripture. Yes, sir, yeah. So I'm okay, wondering, do, do you guys agree? What's that? I'm sorry. I'm you can't apply that scripture in Jeremiah to yourself, where he says, uh, I, will, "I have a future for you and hope." A lot of people apply that to themselves and use that as a personal encouragement, don't they? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a, that's a wrong way to use that scripture? I would say no. It's still a national thing. Talk to Sal. Talk to Sal. He's the one who said it's still a national thing. But in order for an individual to get tied into that, they have to kind of take it personally, because if they don't, what ties them to the nation? If, if you don't take that personally, you're not going to be encouraged as a people to pursue that. So it's sort of both. What do you think, Sal? Well, I, I think that I think we have too much of a tendency to take to take things personally, and that and that we look for we look for many things to happen in this life. So, so you're saying to take that scripture like that in this life, you know, for example. My, my, my business is failing and my health is failing, but uh, to look at that scripture and to say, I, you know, I know that uh, I have a future where my business Thank is going to improve and I'm going to get better and I'm going to get over this sickness. Uh, that's a wrong, it's wrong to, under, to use it that way. But that personally, I know that uh, things are going to get better for me in this world. 
and I, and I think, not, not that you can't have hope in that, but to use Jeremiah to say that's my basis for the hope, that, that, that God promised me a future and prosperity and stuff based on Jeremiah 11 is misusing that scripture because that's not what was happening there. So, I don't know whether you're saying that that if a man, let's say a man's business is failing, maybe he's in bad health, all kinds of misfortune, then he can go to Jeremiah and say, I know that my business is going to turn around, I'm going to be successful, and I'm going to get out of the hospital, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Could, is that, can you count on that from this scripture? No, but you can still look at it as my hope is still in the Lord. All of this trouble is happening, but you still hope in the Lord. Even if your business fails and even if you die, there's still hope. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that 100. Yeah. percent The hope but, comes but from, the, and the basis for that goes beyond Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. the, the promise, you yes. know, that even if we suffer death, uh, and even if our business fails, and even if we are uh, all everything terrible happens to us in this world, that uh, that's not the end. This is all temporary. Better. Yeah. Not only is it not the end. But sometimes it's for our betterment. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just not for our worldly yes. betterment. Right. Well, we'll, we'll get to that on uh, page three here. <laughs> the content. I was talking to a, I was talking to a woman this week, and she was telling me about she had been estranged from her daughter for years. And the woman is a hairdresser, and uh, she. She happened to be, be. She happened to see her daughter at a at a family gathering, and her daughter's husband was telling her how uh, her daughter was very unhappy with. She couldn't get the haircut she wanted. She couldn't do this. Couldn't do, you know her hair was a mess. Blah blah blah. And the bottom line was all the problems she was having. You know, with her hair, and apparently for a woman, this is a bigger deal than for a guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but all the problems she was having for her hair ended up being that the mother said, "Look, I, you know, I'll do this for ever, ever come in, and I, you know, I'll just treat her like a regular customer, but I won't charge her, and, and ever come in, and I'll, I'll help her." And as a result of the woman's problems and everything, there was reconciliation with her mother, okay, you know, in the, in the long run. But sometimes the problems in our life lead us to other things that, that end up being for our benefit and, and for the good of us. So the hair, hair problem led to reconciliation with mom. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, you know, sounds strange, but... Relationships okay. are strange. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the uh, but the point that you're sort of making here is that even in the first century, it, the the people of Israel uh, of faith at least were living in hope, 
They were living in hope, weren't they, still, uh, for the fulfillment of God's promise to them. And, and uh, uh, the next session, I've, I've, I've entitled this Israel's Hope. Going back, what, what was Israel really hoping for? Well, if you look at all the uh, prom uh, promises there in the Bible, and, and this is not this is not exhaustive. This this is not a dissertation. <laughs> I I've sometimes thought maybe I'd like to sit down and write up a, a little a little booklet on hope, put put this together, you know, in the form of a verbal coherent. And I might do that sometimes if if I can generate the hope <laughs> that I could get it finished. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Old Testament talks about justice in the earth. Isaiah 42. Uh, Bruce Reed is talking about God's servant who will, who will come. He will not break, and during burning week he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his teaching. And in fact, Jesus quotes this. It's quoted in the book of uh, in Matthew 12. And he adds that this promise that in his name the Gentiles will hope. Uh, the Gentiles are going to place their hope in this servant who will bring justice. Uh, and uh, in Luke 24, the two men who were walking with Jesus and didn't recognize him after his resurrection said, we, they, we had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. So what is their hope? For justice and for redemption. What, what did they mean by redeeming Israel? We hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. They were looking for physical redemption. They were looking for uh, rescue. rescue. To be rescued as a nation. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know. uh, and, but Jesus came preaching himself. Not only John the Baptist, but then Jesus came preaching. What was he saying? But he's really kind of adding fuel to this hope. If, if anything, you know, he's not trying to dampen it. He's putting fuel on the fire because he's saying the kingdom of God has come near. God's kingdom. So if he you're said, looking, I am the Messiah. So he's, if you're looking forward to God's kingdom, what, is that, what, what, are, what are you looking forward to? When God reigns, when God is in charge, will there be a difference? Everything okay over here? Will things be better if God is in charge? <laughs> Lord's Prayer, I will be done and on earth as, you, as it is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, in fact, Jesus said for us to continue to pray, didn't he? Right. For his kingdom yeah. to come right. and for his will to, to be, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Because if God is in charge, then his will is being done. Right. If God is, you know, that's not, I'm done. That's not, yeah. Uh, it's uh, and I, and uh, I, 
I was looking in the book of Acts uh, how, how many times Paul talks about the hope of Israel, uh, particularly in his uh, when he was arrested and he was trying to explain <coughs> what he was doing, what he was about. <coughs> he, he keeps talking about the hope of Israel, Acts 28:20. 20. Uh, uh, that's after he got to Rome and he said he wanted to speak to the elders of the church, the leaders of the church at Rome. For He says, since it is for the hope of Israel, I'm bound in this chain. The reason I, the reason I am in this situation I am is because of the hope of Israel. Uh, Peter, of course, talked about the resurrection of Jesus uh, and the fact that the resurrection was a prompt, uh, was something that uh, even David was hoping for. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. 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 When he was trying to identify, get the Pharisees to identify with him, because the Pharisees were those who believed in the resurrection, yeah. he says, uh, says oh, "I'm on trial concerning the hope of the resurrection." That's really what I, this is all about. The hope of the resurrection is that a hope that's worth holding on to, and that's really what it's all about. Of course. His hope of the resurrection was focused on who? Jesus, who was the beginning of the resurrection. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus' resurrection is the first fruits of the resurrection. It's the, be the resurrection of Jesus is the beginning, the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead, of the general resurrection. Jesus is the head of, of, the, of the human race, and he has been raised. Ultimately, all will be raised. And he talks about this as uh, before King Agrippa, he claims, I stand here on trial on account of my hope and the promise of God made to our ancestors. I hope, uh, uh, a promise that our 12 tribes hope to obtain. So it's, he said, it's actually also a hope that the 12 tribes of Israel still have. They're still hoping for it. That's the hope I have. And that's, that's why I'm on trial. <clears throat> well, hope for us is, is tied up with our faith in Christ. Right? And, uh, and there are some verses that kind of put these, uh, that I think clarify this. Uh, and, and most of these come from First Peter. Peter uh, connects these very much with uh, just being a Christian. To believe in Christ means to to hope in Him. He talks in verse in chapter one, verse three, about a new birth into a living hope. To be born again is to be born into a life that you live in hope. It's not something, a, a new birth doesn't give you the, what you're looking for. It actually is the beginning of something, a hope for something to be born again. 
I think a lot of times we think about you know being born again, and that's the that's the end, that's the proficient. Yeah. No, the new birth is to give you hope. That's the point of being born again. Uh, I think I think hope can be hope can be dangerous. Dangerous. I think hope can be dangerous because if we hope if we hope in the wrong thing, yep. then then it leads to disappointment and disillusionment and uh, it significantly impairs our relationship. And that was the case for many of the Jews because they hoped for a worldly king. They, they hoped for a Messiah that was going to defeat the Romans. They hoped for and, and when, when Jesus turned out not to be the thing they hoped for, it was, it was dangerous for them because they, they didn't accept it. And I, I think we have to be careful what we hope for. I think a lot of people think that, you know, if, if they follow Christ, that you know, their hope is in an easier life, you know, here on this earth, that, you know, you, you have people preaching the prosperity gospel, right. you know, and their hope is that, you know, they're going to they're gonna receive worldly prosperity, you know, from that. And, and that hope is, is dangerous because when it doesn't happen, yeah. you know, then they have no hope, you know, they yeah. despair and they have no hope in yeah. Their hope has been misplaced. So it can be a dangerous thing if it's if it's misplaced. Well, I have a friend in that situation. He uh, he had a stroke and he's paralyzed from the left side. So people come in and um, well, you're going to be healed and uh, you're going to become a great leader. And um, he's still convalescing, he's still, you know, they came in and had him all fired up and he had this hope, but God hasn't, allowed, God hasn't done it yet. Well, <laughs> and so, because maybe that was not where, right. where God was intended to use that for. That's right. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where we have to be, have to be real careful not to, uh, not to put our desires, you know, what we want to happen as our as our hope, as opposed to what what God wants to happen. Um, but if you're hoping for justice, for God's will to be done on earth, is, is that a misplaced hope? No, that is not. But but we often we often then ascribe. We want God's will to be done, and then we tell God what His will is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. God, we want Your will to be done. And of course, Your will is for me to get better. Your will is for me yeah. to not lose my wife, my right. son, my you know, yeah. you know that because You want me to be happy. Yeah. So we have to be careful. I mean, there's no question that hope is a wonderful thing, so long as we we make sure it's open. God, open His will, open you know the kingdom, and and knowing full well that like the like the Israelites in Babylon, 
you know, that we may not see on this earth, we may not see the fruition of, of, of some of these promises. We will see those, those, all those promises come to pass, you know, eternally. But that doesn't mean they'll happen here and now. And, and sometimes it means sometimes it means we hope in things that are going to be very difficult for us. And we don't tend to like that. Well, now there, you know, there are a lot of Christians who look at Revelation chapter 19 and 20 and say, you know, uh, that the Bible does promise that the uh, the, uh, well, the king of this earth, who's, who's identified as a as a beast, and uh, you know the uh, the antichrist, right, will ultimately be defeated by Christ Himself, and there will be peace on earth and justice. Right. There's well, some. There are many Christians no. have, 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 have looked forward okay. to that. But I mean not. But I may not be allowed to see that. Right. I may have well, before that. Yeah, comes. Most of them, even yeah. But the, and the Christians who hope in that didn't say necessarily. I know that it's going to happen before I die. Right. But they were hoping for it. So it's not. Uh, it's not. It's really true to say that Christ is not going to ultimately defeat the the, the kings of this earth. The, uh, the worst kind of government that you can imagine, which is described there uh, in the book of Revelation. And we've had governments on earth that look similar to that. Take, you know, fascism and communism and, and various kinds of dictatorships where uh, Christians are put to death and there's the worst forms of injustice and oppression. But the book of Revelation does talk about the time when that's going to be overturned. And at the very least, uh, if you, uh, whether it happens on this earth or on a new heaven, on a new earth, the promise is for, what does Peter say? We look for what? We don't look to go to heaven. We look for a new earth and a new heavens and a new earth. That's what Peter says we look for. Although the, in the in the 2,000 years of Christian history, there's been a, what I call a Platonizing. Plato was the one you know who who saw the essence of the human being uh, in this uh, spiritual nature, or really was identified with his mind, and uh, uh, there was a kind of an, an interpretation of Christianity that salvation just meant that you leave this earth and go to heaven. That's your hope. Uh, but do you find that in the New Testament? Where do you find that? No, you don't. Yeah. The New Testament says you're going to have a body, a new body. Yeah. Paul doesn't talk about my hope is ultimately going to heaven. So right. He talks about the resurrection of the body. He's, when he says resurrection, he doesn't mean going to heaven. Right. He's talking about death as being vanquished. Death is overcome. See, that's the problem we face. Go back to Genesis. What's our problem? Sin and what his sin brought on to, to us, death. So if, if, the, if death is going to be conquered, death, or sin is going to be conquered, death, the consequence has to be conquered, doesn't it? 
It doesn't do enough just to forgive your sins if you're going to suffer the consequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you committed a crime. The judge said, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to send you to death anyway. Yeah. But you're forgiven. This is a very important thing. Because in our world right now, we probably may have some of the weakest leadership around the world as we've ever had for many years. We've got an inflation. Uh, food security problems, uh, all sorts of supply chain problems, and so a lot of stuff is broken down. And so, I mean, I think from here to April, uh, the end of April, uh, there's going to be a lot of people hurting. A lot of people are hurting right now with the inflation and everything that's going on. And so they're looking for hope, and uh, they're going to be looking for hope probably in the wrong places. And so, but we have the message of hope. Yeah. So this is a real hour of opportunity yeah. for us. Is talk about misplaced hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Your hope is in this political party or that political party. You know. No. It's the wrong place. You don't want yeah. to hope in politicians. Yeah. <laughs> no. Any of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They'll all disappoint you. Yeah. 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 You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You know, and even, you know, when we look back at Scripture, even even some of the the strongest, the, more, the most godly of leaders that Israel had, you know, were disappointed. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. I mean, look at, oh, look yeah. at David, you know, a man after uh, yeah. God's heart and, and, you know, a murderer and an adulterer and, you know, just... You can always, always tell when a politician is lying, just look smooth. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So well, you know the definition of politics, don't you? It's a, it's a very, very simple. Folly is many. It takes her blood suckers. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. But all of that means uh, that to believe in Christ means that everything the Scripture has promised, every, all of your hope then is in Him. Yeah. If God's promises are going to be yeah. kept, whatever those promises are, if... if uh, it's a focus. We're counting on our, the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. to fulfill those, aren't we? Yep. Uh, our hope, our hope is in God, but our hope is in God who has sent His Son finally into this world. And what does it? Uh, and this was a verse, a, a verse I, I left out here. I'm thinking about that verse where He says, "All of the promises of God are what yes." Uh, let me look that up here. Second Corinthians uh, one nineteen. 
119 and 120. Second Corinthians 119 and 20. You want to read that? Sure. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. For him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. For no matter how many of the promises of God there are, in Christ, there, yes, those promises are uh, will be fulfilled. You can count on them, right? Who uses You know. You made a good point about the church now looks at that as salvation is going to heaven and not like you said in the resurrection. Yeah. Well, no, when, when, our hope, when our hope is in Christ, there's, there's a song that talks about, you know, like a relatively new Christian song that talks about, you know, make, make me. Make me not want the gifts, but make me want the giver. Make me not want the healing, but but make me want the healing. That our our, our attraction, our desire should be to to know Christ, not receive the gifts right. that that come from from knowing Christ. I've been influenced by. Uh, this is kind of my verse of the year. It's in Exodus 33, verse 13, where Moses is talking to the Lord. And this was Moses' desire. He says, Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Uh, one egg was Exodus Show me your way so that I may know you. Yeah. To know you. Psalmist talks about, and this is it's really something kind of thing. What does it mean to, to seek God and to thirst after God? To know God, to thirst after Him, to seek God. Not, not just to seek his blessings, no, right. not just because I, <laughs> I want you to, to, uh, to make me well or make me successful or prosperous. But, and, uh, and that's the kind of, uh, what kind of faith is that? What kind of hope is that? If, if there's someone you hope to see, you hope to get acquainted with, but what you're, what you're really hoping for is what they can do for you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not interested in really getting to know you, but I think you could do something for me. Yep. 
God uh, wants to, uh, to know us, doesn't But he's already provided you the ultimate gift. Yeah. Yeah, you know. To know us. When you think about it, yeah. And, and hopefully, uh, and, and uh, the first commandment, you know, is to love him. Yeah. Yeah. To seek him. To desire him. Not just to desire what he can do for us. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that there's that second level of wanting to know somebody. I mean, you, you want to know people around you and build relationships. But if you think about if you think about people who have idols, like for example, you know, I, I would somebody might say I would love to meet uh, Alan Pujols, right? You know, one of the greatest hitters of all time. You know, but they're not. They're not looking to get anything from it. They would just like to be able to say, you know, I met him, I, I, I shook his hand, I, I, you know, that level is the kind of, of thing we need to have for God. Just, just to know him is, is sufficient, you know. But we tend to think of God at a lower level of, you know, well, gee, I'd like to get to know Mike because Mike can introduce me to somebody or Mike can help me do this or Mike, Mike's, Mike's a good carpenter and I, I need a carpenter, you know. And, you know we tend to put God at that level right. of, of, you know, what can he do what for can me? do for me? Right. As, opposed yeah, exactly. to, as opposed to where, what we commonly call idolizing somebody. You know, gee, I would love to meet, you know, you know, this person, I would love to meet, you know, uh, Bocelli or somebody, somebody that, you know, I think is a, is a great person just to be able to say, you know, yeah, I met him. I, 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 I was introduced to him. He spoke to me, you know, you know, what an honor that was to, to meet him. And that's how we should be with God, just to, to know that God speaks to us, that we can talk to him should be enough. You know, not not what what he's going to do for me, but we know he will. Yeah, I love my wife as long as uh, she she uh, does what I expect. I get, as long as I get everything from her that I that I'm looking for, then that's that's what my love. That's really what I love. <laughs> it's like loving ice cream. <laughs> you know, I love ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, we there are a couple of other pages here. We'll maybe we'll look at these next week.